Hello, hello, and welcome to the Inglorious Pastors Podcast, where we talk about spirituality, news, and week two of our new reality series podcast, <laughs> Who Wants to Be a Pastor? My name is Michael Basinger. With me are Brad Polly. Hey. Joshua Casey. Yo. And together we are the Inglorious Pastors. Otherwise, and known, I have, otherwise known as Lucas Light. And I have, hey, I ha- <laughs> fucker, I have come prepared. Five tips. Five tips for apprentice success. Number one, don't volunteer for team leadership. You, leaders get blamed and brought into the boardroom. Number two, do your best to shine even if you're on the losing side. Number three, get on well with your teammates and especially the team leader. Which one of you is the team leader? It's definitely me. No, it's <laughs> fucking not you. Have a good academic foundation. <laughs> Fuck. Um, you went to a fake college. Be the right so, age. Just like we did. Most of the winners are between 24 and 31. So I think I beat Lucas even though I'm 32. Oh, yeah. And I also brought cookies. Oh, well, you know. Is this, the, is this the time where I'm I tell you that I'm not eating sugar right now? I'm They're very, brownies. They're <laughs> only like... You're not eating sugar at all? No. Oh, man. My pants are getting too tight, man. I can't... I'm not buying new pants. That's mm. my That's my rule. <laughs> no more new pants. The only thing that keeps me from being huge is vanity and poverty. <laughs> oh, Same. <man. laughs> um, Matt's in a coma. Those of you just tuning in who were here last week. Um, <laughs> He's in a coma. Stairs and prayers. <laughs> Matthew's in a coma. I know. I know. It's serious. Oh, man. Um, yeah. Let's Matt is still dead to us. Yep. We... <laughs> I'm sure he's refreshing at home right now. Refreshing his podcast just to hear what we said about him. <laughs> so, he cool. was mad last week, like five minutes into the yeah. podcast. God damn it. <laughs> you guys. What did we say last time? I don't even oh, remember. Nanopene. Yeah. That's what it was. <laughs> <laughs> That's nanopene. Yep. Uh, we were at least nice enough not to make that the hashtag. Yep. You're welcome. <laughs> but this week, we'll see. Maybe. <laughs> Who knows? Why is this not working? What are you looking to oh, there? There you go. All right, come on. Hey, hey, what are you drinking? Hey, hey, I've been thinking that if we're gonna get through this, we're gonna need some fluid. So, hey, hey, what are you drinking now? I'm drinking beer. Burr. Burr. Burrs. I'm about a beer and a half in already, actually. Yep. So I'm drinking uh, Anger by <laughs> uh, Matt Polly. <laughs> I'm drinking uh, Anger. It's, it's a, a new it, essence. It's from uh, Green Bush Brewing Company. It is actually from Matt Polly. It is. <laughs> it's yeah, it by is. way of Matt Polly. Yeah. Um, and uh, it's from Green Bush Brewing Company. It's a haughty black IPA with oh, pent up attitude. For those, I had. Days. I don't even remember what the one I had from Greenbush. It was a pale ale. It was good. Yep. I mean, it's a pale ale. So yeah, the one I already had was a Star Chicken Shotgun pale ale. It's pretty tasty. It's called what? Star Chicken Shotgun. Star Chicken Shotgun. Yeah, it, it looks tastes like, like chicken, nugs. A chicken that <laughs> it does. It looks and like then Elvis. currently, I'm having what is this from Taxman? This is one the of their spinoff series. Pineapple orange spinoff. It's a tart saison brewed with fruit. It's pretty oh, tasty. Oh God! Yeah, yeah it's good. That is good. That's yep. sit outside in the heat and drink that all day yep. long. That's, I, that's yeah, that I kind need of some beer. of that. Where did you get that at? If you don't mind Big me red. asking. Yeah, that's awesome. There you go, buddy. I gotta get that. Yeah, right across the highway, man. They they may have it there. I'm gonna have to walk over there later. <laughs> <laughs> I know. After after Taco Bell, the next the next thing yeah. I'm I'm drinking here is gonna be an Imperial. So 
You went to you went to Taco Bell after after the podcast last week, didn't I you? I did, and <laughs> the woman that was in the drive-thru called me sugar butt. Oh. So, I thought that's what that is that even a thing, thing for you? Sugar butt. I can we talk about it? Re- felt okay, not right. Let's let's just leap into this. Can we talk about reverse sexism? <laughs> yeah, sure. Let's go. go. I mean, well, it's yeah, like probably named Brad. Come no, on. no. But seriously, like, okay, so she says that, and that's fine. I get called honey by baristas all the oh, time when I'm time. working. Yeah. It, I mean, oh, if, honey. If, like if if I would have gone to the Taco Bell drive-through and looked at it and been like, "Hey, thanks for the food, sugar tits." <laughs> I mean, that wouldn't be okay, right? Is there a sound effect for backing away? No! <laughs> seriously, it's though. It's true. It's a, right. You're, you're that right. That wouldn't be right. I'm saying I wouldn't. No. No. <laughs> fuck you. No. I'm right. That's yeah. n- It's the same thing. It's Yeah, you're right. Yep. So you should have screamed sexism and thrown your cinnamon twist back in her face. No, I didn't get cinnamon twist. <laughs> or your Mexi Melts. Double, double gordita crunch wrap. I do like Mexi Melts. Do I they think, still sell those? Man, uh, I, I lived on those in high school. Mexi Melts, no. Because they were like, at the time, they were like 49 cents or something. Oh, they're crazy. like they're like $2 I, It's crazy. Yeah. It's a inflation, taco. guys. <laughs> it's literally a flour tortilla with cheese in it. That's yeah. it. That's literally all it is. I don't understand the pricing model of Taco Bell. Because <laughs> you can get... You like, get a box of just gruel for can, $5, just full to the brim. Yeah. But then a Mexi Melt is $2. Yeah, it's true. Yeah. A Mexi Melt is like two forty-eight. Yeah. It's stupid. They will just scoop ladles of meat into a box yeah. for $5. Yeah. All right. And then a Mexi Melt's just... Pour some nacho yeah. cheese all over it. doesn't it. make any sense. <laughs> Um, also, we're, we are back at the, the Holiday Inn, per <laughs> usual. Oh. oh, I didn't get Hennessy. <laughs> Damn it. Our stay at, uh, at, the, at the Holiday Inn has been extended. But, but this, <laughs> so week, we'll this week we are in a room. Yes. Which yeah, is are. super weird. So we're in the penthouse yeah. uh, on the third Brad floor. Brad looks the most comfortable right now. I am <laughs> extremely comfortable. He was comfortable. airing out his nuts earlier. I was yeah, in the, the air conditioning. It is... Uh, it's, which, by the way, is delightful. This is very comfortable. I am very it's comfortable not, over not here. It's not bad. Uh, they have soft pillows. It's a and nice hard little pillows. room. Yeah, it's yeah. all right. Um, it has a wonderful view of a small cemetery. <laughs> Five oh, headstones, graveyard, right next to a tree. That's it. It's it's um, <laughs> it's delightful. Honestly, I will say. I will say though, uh, having the souls of the dead watch us as we do this. Infinitely less creepy than the guy that was staring at us doing this last week, yeah. whatever that guy was. Well, he's across the field in there I, wearing binoculars yeah, this week. I would much rather be have a graveyard looking into our window than whatever that was. Yeah, it was it was something. Um, so this round is on uh, Jason Fitzgerald. Um, Fitz. Yeah. Jason Fitz in the tantrums. Yes, that's right. Um, Fitzgerald in the tantrums. Fitzgerald in the tantrums. Yes. Um, so Jason is 38 years old, originally from a small town in northwest Missouri. Oh, don't say Missouri. Missouri. <laughs> Do people, uh, you used to live in yeah, Missouri. Yeah, yeah, my grandparents Do people all, call it Missouri. My grandparents all call it Missouri. Do um, they really? And it, it depends on where it's a regional thing, okay. but yeah. Um, if you're a native, they, you're supposed to Tom say Missouri. Tom Waits says Missouri, so I, it's a little bit more cool then since he does it, <laughs> but like still, I, I'm not saying Missouri. He was about an hour north of Kansas City. He grew up on a horse farm and was active yeah. in 4-H. Yeah. What are the 4-Hs? Um, let's make him no up. Idea. Hockey. Hon- honorability. Horses. And hot, yeah, and, uh, hot heart, dogs. Heart hot dogs. <laughs> honorability. Hot dogs. Yep. Hysterectomies. 
Hot dogs and hysterectomies. That's that's two of them. (laughs) Yep. Um, (laughs) So he he placed seventh in in the state in archery for 4-H. Jeez. Yeah. I mean, there were only five people, but still, that's good on you. Uh, This next uh, line doesn't, you know, given that he was in archery, he didn't have many friends growing up. Um, (laughs) Seems like archery is not a team sport. I'm not sure. (laughs) Um he, he did say he was uh, diagnosed with... It could with, be that he was threatening his friends by shoot, yes. to shoot him in the heart if they didn't become friends with him. Yes, you will be my friend. Um, do they have, like, a paintball for archery? No, I don't think so. <laughs> I think it's just an arrow through it's, the heart. It's, it's really something bad. I'm coming up with. I'm workshopping <laughs> now. Arrow, paint, paint archery. <laughs> Pink no, I don't, I don't think that's a thing. Still, so still 100% fatality. Yeah, so. yeah still very much <laughs> still fatal. Still working yeah. out the kinks. <laughs> still working out the kinks. Um, so he was diagnosed with uh, Asperger's when he was 30 years old. Man. Uh, he started in his first band when he was in, when he was 16. It was a Christian rock band, yeah. and their main goal... That then morphed into Fitzgerald and the Tantrums. Yes. He's very famous. Their main goal... Chicks? No, he didn't write that. I wrote that. Um, his main goal was getting signed by Tooth and Nail Records. Oh, yeah. So if my brother was on Tooth and Nail Records yep. over time, um, I don't think you've told that story before. Michael. I think you had to have heavily heavy he on Tooth and Nail. I think you had to have. He's he's trolling you, Michael. Yes, you talk about fine. it all the time. It's fine. It's fine. Uh, <laughs> tooth and Nail. Come on, L- Lucas Light is trolling you right now. Yeah. Shut up, Josh. Fuck You're off. fired. Both of you. <laughs> Um, on Christmas Eve in 2004, um, wait, wait, never mind. I, uh, their first goal should have been to be good, is what he said. Uh, <laughs> Not to get famous? It's funny yeah, how that works. Yeah, because they sucked. Uh, after <laughs> high school, he formed another band, uh, this time not trying to be a Christian band. And on Christmas Eve 2004, his band Hollow Space was offered a recording contract. Huh. Uh, three weeks later, uh, while out to dinner for his birthday, his guitar player called him and stated that he was quitting the band, oh, shredded no. the contract, oh. and deleted all of the band emails. Bro. So, God. Uh, wow. He went nuclear on him. Yep. Jeez. He uh, had a few other bands for a while um, before... I figured that would sour you on the whole concept of being in a band, I would think. <laughs> yes. Um, so, he was in a few other bands, and... Uh, before giving up music in 2011, Let's pour one out for Jason's music career. Can I pour it down my throat? Yes. Because I don't want to pour it on the floor because I feel like we'd lose your deposit. Yep. Uh, the <laughs> also, we didn't bring the black light. Also, we, we forgot Yeah, we really should have done. Well, we're going to be here in another two months. Like for another two months. I don't months, think we're so. going to be back in this room. Though. Are we not? And not in the in the. Are we going to be back in the the, the banquet hall? Yeah, we're going to be back three in of the, us. The banquet hall. <laughs> And uh, with weird people staring at us while they drink and smoke outside the window. That's the that's the goal. That's the goal. I mean, <laughs> in Glorious Pastors podcast now with the studio audience. <laughs> um, so uh, his last show he ever played was the night before he moved to Indiana uh, to live in sin with his girlfriend and now his wife, Amy. So see, it, yeah. it works. <laughs> yep, it works. <laughs> Uh, he works at a job that is making him crazy for uh, people, making him crazy for people he can't stand. Um, all right. Is that the pub? I don't know what it means. <laughs> I don't know what that means. Um, crazy for you. He works at a job that is making him crazy for people he can't stand. Okay. All right. Uh, he's been married <laughs> to his wife, Amy, since 2013. 
Um, two years in sin, man. Uh, for their honeymoon, they went to Cheeseburgers in Paradise. Oh, God. <laughs> All right, we're done. Jeez. <laughs> and then he went back to if work If your marriage day. can survive that, yes. you're probably fine. Uh, he has a son, oh. a daughter, um, and uh, four stepdaughters and a Man. son-in-law. Wow. so it's a lot of family. Yeah. Uh, he can usually be, f- be found standing... Off to the side at a conversation, analyzing the things that just came out of his mouth Um, (laughs) and playing the game. Was that because of the Asperger's or am I just an asshole? Dude, as as somebody who has a son with Asperger's, that I totally understand what he's saying. Uh, He does attend church, but not regularly. (laughs) My my middle, my Abram, my son that has Asperger's last night, he said something to Mandy. And I just looked at him and was like, what is, what are you doing? What is wrong with you? Like, <laughs> just that there's that aspect of like, and then I think he said it instantly was like, oh, oh I, I, I probably shouldn't have said that. <laughs> so he does that too. He analyzes himself all yeah. the time. Um, he does like the dogma of the modern. He, he doesn't like the dogma of the modern evangelical church. Same. And avoids it at all costs. He loves you all, uh, but will most likely not really engage too often so everyone tag jason <laughs> in the pub so thanks jason and he's a good guy thanks, jason yep. yeah he's a really solid dude and he, he said he it's funny the the one week that his round is on is not the week that we've been drinking his beers. <laughs> it's very true really should have <laughs> so, saved that for yeah. this week shouldn't well, we? i didn't i didn't uh, have we drank all those uh, i think so yeah they so, were all really good really really good yep very delightful um, yeah, if you'd like to buy us around, go to patreon.com slash pastors podcast and get in the pub, have, uh, all kinds of things. You know, the pub is a closed Facebook group where we talk about life, spirituality, and just about everything else. Things discussed in the pub this week. Um, a lot of new turds. A yeah, lot of new man. Turds. We had an influx of it new is. turds. It's like a, yeah, it was like a blitz. Pub it's like blitz. The pastors pub, the new class. <laughs> <laughs> Does um, that mean? Does that mean it's like the same thing, but just a little bit worse? Is yes. That, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Because of all the new people? Yes. <laughs> Which means it'll cancel shortly. Yes. Yes, well, exactly. There'll be two seasons in a, <laughs> in a movie. Don't worry. Uh, Made for TV movie. Um, uh, Lucas Allen is a uh, snakeskin wrangler. So I found that out. Yeah, that's gross. <laughs> yep. Um, a lot of new projects coming out um, by people in the pub. Yep. Uh, in God We Trump is dropping soon. Yes. Yep. Steve Austin. Go back to what episode did we interview Christopher? Maloney? I don't know, but it feels like a year ago. It does, but it, I don't think it was super long ago. Yeah. <clears throat> Let me see if I can find that. Go find the episode where you interviewed uh, Christopher Maloney about the In God We Trump. In God We Trump. Yeah. Was the name of the episode. Yep. Um, and then go watch the movie. It's good. Yeah. It comes out in, I think, 28 days from when this drops. Mm-hmm. Somewhere around there. Um, but if you go on his, his Twitter, he's got. Uh, you know, a, a fun fact every day, I think, coming out. Yep. That's at Maloney's Movies. Yeah. Um, Steve Austin has got a book coming out. Uh, Brandon Andrus has got a book coming out. Uh, and Aaron Reagan has got a baby coming out. So <laughs> She does. Yes, for sure. Coming to a, <laughs> a, a, I don't know, a hospital near you. Yes. <laughs> um, so uh, also an, a, a life update. 
Josh is now a bag bitch. I am a bag bitch. He is my bag the bitch. St- Starbucks Sherpa. Yep, yep. He is he is Brad's bag Sherpa. So, so yep. Yep. So Josh is He is and, now and part oddly, of our company. And and yeah. oddly I can say that it was a great decision. Well, that's good. <laughs> Fucking yeah, being, I think he's going to like ba- the job. Brad's bag bitch is, is yeah. the best decision I've made in a while. There you go. Oh, wow. Uh, so go go <laughs> fix just, machines. Just it, it, it go. Fulfill yeah. all your dreams. <laughs> yeah. Okay. It just, that's, that's more to say about the decisions I've been making more than like, this particular <laughs> one, really. All right. Are we still recording? Michael? Yeah, we, okay. I think we are. Let's check. Good. Well, you should probably should check. Yeah, we're recording. Good. Um, so, also... Uh, in God We Trump, episode 102. 102. There you go. Wow. Um, fantasy football update. Oh. Jason Williams is number one. God. No. So. I, I, why do I play this game? <laughs> Fuck fantasy football. <laughs> Michael, I lost to a guy this week who had two starters in that were injured that didn't play. Yeah. Yeah, you sure did. And I scored a, 104 points and still lost to a guy that... Ugh. He got 74 points from two players. And at that point, I was like, I'm screwed. Was it Jordan McKay? Is that who you're yeah. playing? Oh, man. Jordan. I lost to a person from Northern Ireland that doesn't check their team. That's that's who I lost to this <laughs> that's week. That's how bad Brad is at fantasy football. <laughs> but I'm scoring decent points. I just, every, uh, I hate it. Everybody's scoring more. God. Yeah. Lucas Eddins, he is... Uh, the bottom of the barrel. He's he's not. Uh, <laughs> he is trying, but not, not, not well enough. Not great. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, um, yeah. Josh is twelfth. Yeah. yeah. I don't yeah. know where. Right I'm Right in the middle of the pack. That's where I like to be. Yeah. Barely noticeable. <laughs> All right. <laughs> what are we doing? I don't know. I don't know. All right. Let's go into the newsfeed. Are you are we ready for this? Yeah. Yep. All right. I'm eating a cookie. Okay. Would you like one? Yeah. No, I'll take a cookie. I'm, I'm good. I wasn't asking you. Oh. Well, you suck. <laughs> What kind of mystery bag is this? <laughs> yeah, what a, is, who brings cookies in a like a, a reusable? It's a reusable <laughs> Wonder Woman bag, guys. It's like, kind of like a, for like lunches. Yeah, uh, is it for lunches or is it yeah. for pencils? No, it's for lunches. It, it like came in a whole set. I got Michaela last year and, and stole it. That's really good. Nope. All right. Newsfeed? Newsfeed. Stephanie Rice. Oh, yeah, that's like, yeah, yeah, do that one first. Stephanie Rice sends us in, you know, emo correspondent. (laughs) Veterinarians save Wisconsin squirrel siblings with entangled tails. There were five squirrels with their tails basically tied up in a knot. How in the world does that happen? Well, I don't know. Please tell me somebody didn't do this. Five juveniles, gray squirrel siblings, have a new lease on life after someone discovered them with their tails entangled and helped them, uh, and helped them receive veterinary veterinary attention. Um, no idea how it happened, um, but they had been um, their tails their tails were tangled together with long stemmed grass and strips of plastic their mother used as a nest material. Oh man! Wow, that's yep. pretty terrible. So. Um, I'm so sorry, little squirrel friends. If they hadn't would have been wouldn't have been saved, they uh, probably would have. Uh, well, yeah, lost their tails for sure. Or they probably would have died. Yeah. I'm guessing they would have died. Yeah. So, when they arrived, the Humane Society said they were unruly and nippy. Because <laughs> I can't uh, imagine why. Uh, they were very <laughs> frightened. Um, what they called it a 
Gordian knot. Huh. It's a tightly tangled tails and nest material. So all the squirrels uh, sustained some degree of tissue damage to their tails. Um, but they uh, took them about 20 minutes to get it untied. Man. So I'm surprised they didn't like like sedate them. They did. Get, oh, okay. Yeah, well, they there ended up having to all sedate right. them. So, um, yeah, they, and then now they're all, they're all free. It looks like they're all dead in this picture because they're all <laughs> passed out from the gas. Well, um, there, there you yeah. go. Yeah. So. Good times. Yeah. Um, oh, man. What? I just had a thought. Oh, no. We got an interview coming up, and I forgot to ask about guinea pigs because she's, uh, Bonnie uh, Christian, Christian yeah. has uh, guinea pigs. I oh. Was, I was going to tell her that I, I eat them. That I've eaten you have them eaten them. Yep. So. In Ecuador. <laughs> you, might wanna, you might want to preface that with your wife grew up in Ecuador, yeah. which it's a normal part of the cuisine there. Nah, and I'm nah. fine with just saying You I, ate I, them I, in Ecuador. It's not like you ate them in Martinsville, Indiana and just decided eh, to... Eh. What's it called? Quee? Isn't that what it's called? Quee. Yeah. yeah. How'd that taste, buddy? Uh, it was very gamey. Yeah, I bet. So... Not it's pretty much a rodent. It's like dark meat. A lot of. I would dark think meat. it would be very dark meat. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah I. Thanks, I, Stephanie Rice. I wish I would have known that. I, we should have mentioned something to her because my kids want guinea pigs. But I've heard you can only you need to have multiple guinea pigs because if you have one, they die of loneliness. Is yeah. that true? Do we know that? Yeah, it's it's true. I had a girlfriend yeah. who her family raised guinea pigs. Oh, they raised guinea else. pigs. Well, she said they had guinea pigs. I get there and there were like twelve of them. So it's a lot of guinea pigs. It was a lot. It's a lot. <laughs> it's a of lot pigs. of. It's a lot of rats. And that's just not <laughs> something you can just cover up with some Febreze. Right. Uh, yeah. And a Yankee yeah. candle. Right. <laughs> it stinks. Stunk so bad. Do you, do you have that one? Yeah. <laughs> oh it, man, that's so good. Oh. I had I knew people that when I was in like high school that had when when I was in high school ferrets somehow were oh, yeah. a big thing. Uh-huh. They're fucking disgusting. Nice marmot. Disgusting, yeah, exactly. They are disgusting and they stink. They are giant elongated rats. They're disgusting. Don't don't have a ferret. Uh, okay, so I've got I'm going to do three tonight. What? But wait 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 wait. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. That was very worth worthwhile. Uh. Sex doll update. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so, <laughs> I'm very excited right now. <laughs> okay, so uh, last week we talked about a sex doll brothel in Toronto. Yeah. Um,. This week, we're talking about a sex doll brothel in Milan. No, sorry. Oh. Turin. Um, uh, which not is as still, fancy. Not, not as fancy is. as Milan. Yeah. Still Italy. Um, <clears throat> the Luma Dolls firm. Luma Doll. They has, light up? Has sex, doll, sex dens in Moscow, Barcelona, and Turin, and aims to open them all over the world. However, this up? one, bizarre sex doll brothel in Italy vows to reopen within days after being shut down by cops. Just two weeks after launch. Hmm. So, uh, Lumidol was closed. Uh, uh, they were shut down two weeks after launch um, after alleged infringements of Italian property law. Huh. Is how they went about this. But their concern seems to be hygiene. Well, 
<laughs> Can't imagine why. Yeah. Wow. I don't know how you clean out a sex doll. Uh, I, you know, we talked last week about potentially just spritzing them out like a bowling you just shoe. Need Febreze and a Yankee <laughs> Candle. Yeah, that's that's right. all you need. I feel like you need more I, than that. I assume but, um, you can just screw the hose into the mouth. <laughs> 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 oh god <laughs> so, so, system flush. so weird it's a purge i mean these sex so dolls, these sex dolls notoriously have good irrigation systems so they're, they're known for they're basically having to stay closed until they can work out all the bureaucracy of and all the details but he says they can he's hoping they can resume the activity soon this is the owner sergey prieto uh, he also rubbished reports about questionable hygiene standards, saying that hygiene in the establishment of Luma dolls is 100% guaranteed. What, guaranteed venereal disease? Yeah. Like, boy. Uh, so, Speaking of venereal disease, I have an update on Jenny, but go ahead. Je- oh, Jenny. Okay. <laughs> the closure came after the firm's second brothel in Barcelona was forced to move to a new location after the building's landlord canceled the lease. Wow. Dude, there are pictures of some of these dolls. It is the creepiest thing ever. Ever. God, it's so weird. So, it's believed that Italian cops raided the brothel after checks showed it was not legally allowed to run hospitality on the premises. (laughs) Um, So, apparently, but apparently, apparently prostitution is legal in Italy, so... That's not the issue. The issue is apparently they didn't have proper permits or something. I don't know. Um, Gotta get licensed. Yeah. So it's... uh, They charge... Okay, so... uh, Guests at Lumidol's pay 67 pounds per half an hour. What's that? Which is probably 80, 90 bucks in half hour. For a half an hour? Yeah. Uh, You can get the real thing for cheaper, I would Or 83 pounds an hour. I don't know, but I mean... Or that's for a half an hour, 83 pounds an hour. I mean, you might as well just spend the extra 16 pounds and, uh, yeah. you know. Um, I assume like, it doesn't last out. It doesn't, like, there's not a lot of foreplay into it. <laughs> but, like, the thing that's so fucking weird about this is, like, you can tell them which doll you want. You can, It says you can watch porn with your, what? like, with your doll. I don't, I don't so understand this. It. I don't. I guess, but like, and you can have them, uh, you can have the brothel put them in a certain position for you. Oh, you just get them ready. It Staging. This is the weirdest shit ever, man. I just cannot get past how weird this is. Um, so the dolls are made using thermoplastic elastomer, a polymer renowned for its softness. And the website is keen to point out that the dolls are quote, properly disinfected with special antibacterial soaps before and after each service. Nonetheless, visitors are urged to use a condom. I'm thinking there's not a lot of condom use going on yeah. with the doll. Yeah. So, boy. Are they, you know if these are, if they have BPA in them or not? <laughs> trying to figure out how much is absorbed. BPA free. BPA free. They went a black light. Take one into there. Man. Uh, yeah. How'd so, they get on the ceiling? I, yeah, <laughs> yes. I don't think you want to take a black light into the uh, sex doll brothel. Boy. <laughs> you shine it around the mouth. I'm thinking it's probably not going <laughs> to. Oh, gosh. Uh, 
Okay, next. Um, any Fortnite players in the room? No. no. My kids love Fortnite. Actually, they are now moving on to uh, Overwatch, apparently. Fortnite's now out. I don't oh, know. Man. Anyway, I can't keep up with all this crap. But anyway, uh, Fortnite has now been cited in more than 200 divorce proceedings. What? <laughs> yep. Does not surprise me. I don't think... If you don't... If you haven't seen, if you don't have kids that play Fortnite or you don't play Fortnite, I don't think you can understand the level of of obsession. It's like, do you remember the obsession with World of Warcraft? Yeah. Like years ago where it was like you would hear about that and people just playing it for hours and hours yeah. and hours. I knew more than one person who flunked out of school because of yeah. World of Warcraft. Yeah, I mean, it, it's so it's it's on that level. What's the, what's the premise of that? So of you get dropped off. Like it's, there's basically, it's a, it's a first person shooter but you're you're in like a this world where you get dropped out of this bus and it's a hundred players online it's all online and you can play either on teams with your friends or you can play solo and you just kill each other yeah but you just see who and you get like you go around you collect weapons and different things and Okay. You can hide in different places. It's it's interesting. But anyway, I tried playing and I sucked so bad. I was like, no, nope, I'm done. <laughs> um, so I had my, my kids were ridiculing me. Like my 10 year old was like, you're terrible at this. All you right. got pwned. Yeah, exactly. You <laughs> noob. Um, so, but yeah, it's been, it has been cited in, in more than 200 divorce proceedings as the reason that wow. people are getting divorced. Um, yeah, that's pretty. That's pretty amazing, actually, and yeah. pretty sad. Yeah, <clears throat> that, I mean, that sounds like it's uh, one of those things that uh, cracked the, you know, broke the, broke the back, you know. But yeah, there, there, I mean, there's obviously some other shit going on. Yeah, too. yeah, right. I was gonna say. I'm thinking if you're getting divorced probably because of Fortnite, sex doll usage. Well, if you're yeah. also if you're, there's probably more issues if you're ignoring your spouse because so you can play Fortnite. Yeah, there's probably a lot going on there too. Uh, okay, and then uh, this just popped up in the pub, and I'm gonna we're gonna read through this. Uh, <clears throat> interesting and kind of gross things you didn't know about your butt. Butt news. Your b-hole. Yep, in the old b-hole. Dun, dun, dun. Uh, one, a hairy butt serves a purpose. What's the purpose? Uh, it prevents chafing of the butt cheeks when you walk or run. Okay. It also has an evolutionary function. Butt hair holds in your natural scent, which is primal and something that attracts <gasps> others. That explains it. It doesn't it? <laughs> so there you go. Uh, bigger butts might help people live longer. Hmm. Uh, fat in the lower body is generally more stable and does not break down as quickly as fat in the stomach and other areas. When fat breaks down quickly, it can release potentially harmful chemicals. The butt also plays a role in trapping unhealthy fatty acids. So it keeps them away from the abdominal area. Yeah, oh, interesting. Yep. So, yeah. Uh, butt cheeks make walking possible. Well, yeah. If you didn't have butt cheeks, you wouldn't be able to walk. Huh. Uh, that's an evolutionary uh, adaptation. Thanks, or, glutes. Thank you. Thank you. Yes. Thanks, Jesus. Thanks, Thanks for the butt cheeks, Jesus. Thanks um, for all the butts yeah. you gave us. The average person has to poop about once a day. Okay. Does that, does that resonate yeah. in this room? Sounds, sounds that's about That's about right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, the average person farts between 10 and 20 times a day. Okay. More yeah. if you've had cabbage three days in a row, like I have. <laughs> oh gosh, 
Yeah. More if I'm riding in Brad's car. Yeah, well, are yeah. you replacing all the sugar with <laughs> I was cabbage? actually late to meet Josh for work this morning because I was like, uh, <laughs> yeah. I'm on the toilet. I'm almost to Martin's phone. I get yeah, a text. The spinach and cabbage had really done its... It was working its magic. <laughs> do you like... Which is better, spinach or cabbage? I spinach. like cabbage better. Spinach. Uh, but I do I like, like spinach, cabbage. but I like cabbage better. So one time, fun fact... Uh, you know the bags of spinach, which I don't know how much it is. Yeah, it's yeah. a lot of spinach. Yeah, you know? it's a lot. Um, when it cooks down, it doesn't look like it's a lot. No, yeah, it gets real small. I ate an entire bag of that one time. Oh, shit. <sighs> shit indeed. <laughs> yeah. More like water. Jeez. Straight for about just, just about four straight hours. Spinach just, will turn your stomach into a it juicer. It was crazy. Just like put it in, it, it was out. pretty Brad's waterfall. Pretty unbelievable. Um, butts can get really big. Like Accurate big butts. Mm-hmm. Um, I won't lie. So in 2015, Mikkel Rufinelli made headlines for her bottom, which measured 8.2 feet around. 8.25 feet around. Huh? It's a big old booty. Yeah. So uh, excuse me while I. <laughs> Scientists have cited a couple of different factors of why some butts grow larger than others. A large butt may be an evolutionary survival mechanism. Uh, so they're not as vulnerable as heads and chests, oh. which protect the brain and the heart. So our bodies put fats in a, quote, safer area where it could be stored in case of a shortage or crisis. So there you go. Hmm. Uh, the butt is the biggest muscle in the human body. Not mine. <laughs> It was a Matt joke. Classic Matt joke. Yeah, it was. It really it really was. Um, He's still here with us in spirit. He is. Uh, um, the coccyx used to be a tail. I think I knew that one. That's your tailbone. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it used to be a tail. Uh, there's a scientific reason people enjoy spanking for pleasure. Oh, well, let's hear about this. For many people, spanking, Gather around everyone. spanking is a source of pleasure. The first recorded instance of spanking for pleasure comes from the ancient Etruscans, whose tomb of the floggings, it's a nice place, shows a figure whipping an ecstatic woman. The Renaissance-era poem, In Francum, not, 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 to be mixed, not to be mixed up with Anne Francum, <laughs> oh, details... God. Is that a sex position? Yes. No. Details <laughs> a graphic sexual spanking. Victorians in the 1800s were particularly fond of spanking each other. Blah, blah. Anyway, so, but why do people enjoy it? Sex researchers have found a simple reason. It feels good. Oh. You're talking about this fairly well-protected muscular region of the body that's right at the base of the spine, where there are quite a bit of nerves, so it's sensitive, says Dr. Rebecca Plant of Ithaca College's Department of Sociology. Given the larger cultural context of spanking as a childhood discipline for, quote, naughty behavior, we carry that association into adulthood where it can be playful. Mm. There you go. Uh, if okay. poop if poop had a list of ingredients, water would be first. Really? Water okay. makes up around 75% of all poop. Unless you eat an entire bag of spinach, <laughs> then it makes up about 98% of your, uh, of your poop. Mm-hmm. Butt implants are becoming increasingly popular. So there you go. Yeah. You want to get that. Thanks, Brad. Men, Thanks for all butt news. Men comprise up to 10% of people <laughs> who undergo... More undergo butt implant procedures. Can you believe that? 10% this is, of guys. This has been Butt Dates with Brad Polly. Butt Polly. Dates with Brad <laughs> Polly. Um, I forgot. I, for, I got to swing back around to Jenny. Um, so I was talking to Ruben Hood yesterday. Miss and he, your hood. And he said there's a sequel to Forrest Gump, the book, 
Um, something about Bubba Gump. I don't, I don't know. Who cares? Um, but they made she, a book out of that? They d- apparently, too. There's a sequel. Uh, she apparently died of hepatitis. Well, so. really? Not AIDS? Yeah. Wait. What? Apparently. But in the movie, it's AIDS, right? They don't say AIDS in the movie. But they say... A, a virus, a, a new virus. It was like in the eighties, according to Reuben Hood. Huh. Jenny, Jenny, uh, I don't know. Correspondent, Reuben Hood. Correspondent. Really? Let's just do a quick Google. I still think it's AIDS. All right, Josh. Yep. Well, he's. Everyone has AIDS. 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 We need an actor. <laughs> All right, so um, Bull escapes Utah veterinarian before circumcision. Oh, good, good for you. <laughs> a bully, well done. A bull evaded circumcision procedure when it escaped from a Utah veterinary clinic and ran loose through a town. Uh, the Tool vet- Veterinary Clinic said that the 2,000-pound bull became agitated prior to what was supposed to be a quick 45-minute procedure on Thursday and escaped the facility by jumping a fence. Oh. I'm going to add some some vocal inflection here. The bull actually come in to become circumcised, <laughs> Rowdy told K- KSTU-TV. He must have known. Why else would you jump a six-foot fence? Roundy <laughs> said the bull got over the fence and then darted through the open perimeter gates. The bull's name is Roundy? No, this is the <laughs> veterinary dude. Wait, the, vo- the veterinarian is named Roundy? Yeah. Oh, um, witness Luis Sanchez captured video of the bull staring down police officers outside the local Walmart. Only in Tool and at Walmart, Sanchez wrote on Facebook. Police helped around you recapture the bovine fugitive. <laughs> we went over to Walmart. I had a tranquilizer gun. By then, we had 40 to 50 people there and all the cops, Roundy said. Walked within 10 <laughs> yards, shot him with a tranquilizer gun, called the cowboys to bring their horses and come rope this bull. Jeez. Roundy said the bull failed to avoid his circumcision. Oh, boy. Well, he tried. P- points for trying. Yep, indeed. Gets, a, gets an A for effort. Um, let's see here. <laughs> and a C for circumcision. <laughs> Exactly. There's, um, there's debate about AIDS versus hepatitis, by the way. Just throwing that out there. <laughs> I, wonder the, I, wonder why you were, I wonder why you were so quiet. <laughs> yeah. Googling furiously. The, the internet is, is, is not happy about uh, which one it was, so it's, it's, it's still an unknown virus. It's definitely AIDS. Yeah, we'll see. It's definitely AIDS. Well, because hepa- wait for the autopsy. No, no, no. no. So he- hepatitis was never hepatitis an 80s C. epidemic that was killing people. It was definitely Kill AIDS. Jenny. God damn it. Anyway. Uh, if you want to be Team AIDS or Team Hepatitis C. Team AIDS. Let us know. Hit us up on social Jenny's media. AIDS. Uh, <laughs> man uses toddler to steal prizes from arcade machine. Oh, no. Did he put him inside police, it? Police uh, what police a terrible person. this video of a man using a toddler to steal valuable prizes from an arcade machine in a mall. Uh, Salem wow. Police Department posted a video to Facebook that was recorded by a witness at the mall. The man had the young girl climb inside the Keymaster arcade game and hand him prizes, including a Nintendo DS and a Nintendo Switch gaming console. The, a young boy was also with the man and toddler. How do you think you're going to get away with this and not get caught? <laughs> like, people are going to notice a child in a machine. Like, well, there's a video of it. Yeah, That's I've seen the videos. That's the crazy part, is that, like... There was somebody right next to you while you're doing yeah. it. Uh, like, you're not going to get away with this. <laughs> of course, he did get away with it. I would have gotten away from it if it wasn't for you meddling kids <laughs> on your Instagram. 
What did he? What all did he get? He got uh, a Nintendo a, Switch, a DS, and a Switch. Well, and a couple of felonies. Yeah, potentially. That so. too. We'll see. And he probably, caught a couple of felonies. Probably a DCS case. God, wow! What a what? Yeah, that's just ridiculous. Yeah. People are terrible. He had multiple kids with him. Ugh, friggin' nuts. You got any more? Uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, carpool lane scuff law. I don't know what that word means. Tried to trick police with skeleton. Mm. So police in Washington state shared three photos of created carpool lane cheats, including one who used a Halloween skeleton as a passenger. So, yeah, there's a couple other ones on there, but <laughs> jeez, might be useful later down the road. There you go. Yeah. <laughs> we don't really have that many carpool lanes. We don't have any don't. carpool lanes in Indiana. It's not ever. a thing that exists. Yeah. So, yeah. Pretty great. Yeah, we're all just, driving well, our hummers. What was, um, a pillow dressed in a hoodie and holding a cup of coffee and a tablet. <laughs> that's I mean, great. That's, that's commitment right there. <laughs> oh, man. The Mikey, what do you have? Product update oh, from, from Hamaker Slimler. Schlimmer. Schlimmer. No. Hamaker Schlimmer. Hamaker Schlimmer. 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 Um, you guys remember um, light- Schlermer is Schlimmer's cousin. Yeah, he's much less. Well, he's less yes. well known. Yes, um, <laughs> not as successful. Yes, um, light brights. You remember light brights? Yeah, I loved light brights. I had one of those. A company. Did you guys have one? Yep. Oh yeah, yeah I, had, I had duplicate light brights. Why do you need more than one light bright? So you can spell extra long messages. Yeah, <laughs> double up. You can do four of them. You can have a super design. Will you marry me? That yeah. Like, up. Suck my dick and balls. <laughs> yes. Um, so somebody basically stole that idea and made a five foot, uh, basically light bright. Oh well, and it's for sale. It's five foot. It's a light peg mural, is what they're calling oh. it. World's largest coming soon to an apartment in Williamsburg, Brooklyn, <laughs> near you. Yeah. Light peg mural. Um, yeah. So and you can do all kinds of different designs and stuff. It comes. So, if you were to put a price on that, five oh, foot, God. how much would you guess a five I'm going to aim really high here because I think it's going to be ridiculous. I'm guessing so, $400. Okay. So, there's one that comes with 657 light pegs. Okay. And another one that comes with uh, 1,418 light pegs. I'm going to guess 600 for the one that has the most. Let's go with the one that has the most. The f- the one thousand four hundred eighteen pegs. Yeah. And what was your what was your guess on? I'll guess four hundred dollars. Six. It is fifteen thousand five hundred dollars. Oh, for fuck's <laughs> sake! Get out of here. Yep. The smaller one God. is ten thousand dollars. Even. So. What are, like is this the kind of stuff that like a guy that's as rich as like Jeff Bezos just. He just buys them and then just breaks them with a baseball bat. It just looks really fucking cool, but not fifteen thousand dollars cool. God, he uses a bat that he. Purchased if you can pay free. anybody out there listening, if you have the money to buy something like this, don't. Yeah, don't buy it. Give that money to a children's hospital or yeah. something. Give it to us, please. We'll drink beer. Something, <laughs> anything but that. God. Um, yeah, we'll look up more of vasectomy news in the animal world. Yes, well, we will do that. Um. Northern Virginia man <laughs> accused of rubbing produce on his butt in the Virginia grocery store. Sure I mean, who, who hasn't done this? Uh, he, uh, who among us? Who among us? He, he was without sin. 
the uh, man arrested in Northern Virginia grocery store uh, after uh, he was seen pulling down his pants, rubbing produce items on his buttocks. This has to be a dare, right? Uh, he doesn't look like a guy who would be down for a dare. Um, <laughs> I just... He he looks very serious in in this picture of of the from the Manassas uh, City Police Department. I mean, he could have been doing a dare. I don't know. Uh, he is, <laughs> Johnson is facing <laughs> uh, charges of of in, course indecent of exposure. Of course, his name is Johnson. Destruction of property, um, and it wasn't immediately clear if he had an attorney. Who knows? Um, but uh, the store manager was unable to speak about the incident, but. Uh, the store had to destroy several pallets of produce. <laughs> That's the line of the whole article. <laughs> several pallets of produce destroyed <laughs> by a Northern Virginia man who rubbed things on his butt. Oh, God. I just don't. I don't understand. I really don't. People are just fucking losing it. <laughs> they're, they're just losing they're fascinating. it. Fascinating. Is it? Have people always been this way, or is it just that we hear about every bit of people losing it now? Like, because really, the reality is about 20 years ago, or even less, a dude rubbing produce all over his ass in Northern Virginia, we probably wouldn't have heard about it, other than the local newspaper picks up the police beat. And that's if he got caught. Well, he would have gotten caught, I'm pretty certain. It's pretty hard to not get caught rubbing produce on your naked ass in the middle of a grocery store. Depends on how busy the grocery store is. No, I don't think it does, really. (laughs) But I, I don't know. Are people just? It feels like people are just going fucking insane. Yeah, it feels that way. God, can I tell you a story that's really going to make you angry about people <laughs> being assholes? Sure, buddy. This is the worst human in the world this week. Um, Arizona man was arrested for pretending to have Down syndrome. Oh, I heard about this. God. Hiring caregivers to bathe him and change his diapers. Oh. Um, they arrested 31-year-old Paul Anthony Minchaka uh, on September 6th at his home. Um, he reportedly posed as Amy. What? I'm not sure what that means. And hired a caregiver to bathe and change his diapers. Bro. Change the... Di- oh, oh, yeah. She, he said he was Amy, and he hired a caregiver to to change the diapers of his son, who was him. He was pretending to be the mother of himself. Uh, to get people to basically <sighs> bathe and change his diapers. Wow. What a terrible, terrible person. First victim uh, reported reported to the police she assisted with diaper changes and baths on 30 occasions over the summer. Uh, second victim... Wait, it didn't ever occur that this guy didn't have Down syndrome? No. Second and third really? victim took over caregiving duties in July. Uh, all three victims all know each other. Um, and that he would become sexually aroused as he was being bathed. So, yep. So the first person became suspicious that um, that he was not uh, with. He didn't have Down syndrome. Um, so she knocked on the doors, the door, and met his parents. Uh, then discovered he does not have Down syndrome or need diapers. Hmm. So. Wow, what so, a that is. Uh, is he being? Is he going to be prosecuted? He's for being that? charged with fraudulent schemes and sexual abuse. So, Woof. Fuck that guy. Yep. Ugh. Enjoy prison. Yeah. You deserve it. So yep. wow, that's 
That is really terrible. What a terrible human Just when game. you think like the worst story is a guy sexually assaulting a dying beaver last week. Nope. That you've, or, you've gone and topped it. Yep. Wow. Or an apple. Yes. Oh, man. All right. Is that it? Um, I can no, do don't, one more. Don't do another one. We've done enough. <laughs> no, we've done enough. Michael. I have one, a really good one, though. Oh, good versus perfect, Michael. Yeah. Athlete banned from all-you-can-eat restaurant after eating all that he could. <laughs> That's a great headline. <laughs> a German try. That's really, a really great headline. Co- props to whoever wrote that headline. A, uh, they should get a raise. A German triathlete uh, inhaled nearly 100 plates of sushi. Oh, what? God. Yep. Uh, he had been um, basically doing a strict diet where he fasted for 20 hours a day and then would eat all of his caloric allotment for the remaining four that hours. seems like not a great idea. And he said, given that the stomach tends to shrink after fasting, it's even more notable feat of self-engorgement. Um, so he... There had to be like, you had to be able to see that when he walked out. He paid... I mean, for real. Fifteen ninety in euros, so eighteen dollars and forty nine cents. Wow. Um, I think he got his money's worth. <laughs> yeah, I think yep. so. A lot, hundred plates. Yep. I don't understand how that's possible. They said, and, and sushi doesn't weigh a whole lot. Yeah, it doesn't matter. It still takes up mass. He ate eighteen pounds of sushi. God, eight. That's a lot of sushi. That's insane. Yep. That reminds me, we need to get another turd meetup at Sushi yeah, we Club do. soon oh, in Indy. That place rules. Yeah, I'm not a sushi guy. Andy Dwyer. Yeah, but they've got Rex. other stuff you can <laughs> eat. Yeah, it, was, it wasn't bad. When I ate yeah. there, it was, the chicken was good. Yeah. So. All right. Well, a hundred plates. I, I, I can't wrap my head around that. I don't understand. That can't be possible. It took him four hours to do it. Even then, in four hours. Yeah, he's not coming back, so. It's <laughs> yeah, clearly. <laughs> Jeez. Jeez, that's a lot of food. That is a lot of food. All right. Ready to go further up, further in? Let's do it. All right. Um, Bonnie Christian is a writer who mainly thinks about theology, politics, and guinea pigs. Not necessarily in that order. She lives in the Twin Cities. (laughs) She is the weekend editor of The Week um, and a fellow at Defense Priorities. Her writing has also appeared in several publications in... Uh, Time, CNN, Politico, The Hill, Relevant Magazine, never heard of him, Rare, (laughs) The American Conservative, and more. In 2016, um, she graduated from Bethel Seminary with an MA in Christian Thought and is currently exploring her options for PhD work in ethics. Her first book uh, was published this year. It's called A Flexible Faith, Rethinking What It Means to Follow Jesus Today. And uh, yeah, here's our conversation with Bonnie and Christian. So let's go further right. up, further in. Yep. Further up, further further up, further in. Yeah. Yeah. Bonnie, are you there? I am. Hey, how's it going? <laughs> Good. How are you guys? We're Wonderful. doing well. Doing well. Brad is terrible. I am always. He's lying. He is (laughs) sitting in a chair with his feet on the bed at a Holiday Inn. It's great. So uh, thanks for coming on the podcast. We're really uh, pumped to talk to you about your book. Um, Tell us a little bit about yourself, who you are, 
um, and and uh, a little bit about your book as well. Sure. Um, so I'm a I'm a writer. I live in the Twin Cities, and most of the writing that I do on a sort of weekly to daily basis tends to be more um, about politics and news, though certainly some theology comes in there from time to time. Um, and so I'm the the weekend editor at an outlet called The Week, which is a real confusing sentence to say. Um, <laughs> but, uh, and then I'm also a, a foreign policy fellow at a, a think tank called Defense Priorities. Um, and I do some some freelancing here and there for various other outlets. So you'll find me around the internet um, from time to time. Um, and this is my first book. It's called A Flexible Faith, Rethinking What It Means to Follow Jesus Today. And uh, it's, it's sort of written in the format of a reference book, but with the level of accessibility that you can and hopefully will want to read straight through and to find out about um, just sort of the diversity of belief and practice that uh, exists within Orthodox Christianity, but that I think far too few people, including within the church, know about. All right. Um, early in the book, you're talking about um, there being room for questioning and differences of opinion in Christianity. Um, you ask the question, uh, if there's a version of Christianity uh, someone can accept, why would we present them with the version that they have to reject? Could you talk a little bit about um, coming to that question? Yeah, sure. So I think what I'm getting at there is, uh, especially if you have some background in Christianity, like maybe you grew up in it or, or you converted a while ago, and you're getting to like a season of, of doubts or questioning, um, it can reach a point where you, you can't stay like with integrity, with intellectual and spiritual integrity. You can't stay with the uh, the church context, the theological context that's familiar to you. Um, and so at that point, I think sort of if we're, we imagine ourselves um, in conversation with this person, do we say as, as fellow Christians, all right, well, the, the one church that you know that you can no longer stay in, that is your only option. And if you aren't going to be here, you need to just go be an atheist. Um, or do we say like, hey, the, the church is really big and I, I would love it if you could stay here. I'm sad you're not staying here, but let's explore, you know, what else is out there and what other viewpoints are out there. And is there like a, a place that you, you can follow Jesus with integrity and you can um, stay in that context or, or move to that context as the case may be? Yeah. And you estimate that there are 200 million ways to follow Jesus. Yeah, well, that was, <laughs> that was uh, so there's there's like 17 chapters that each explore an issue in theology or, or Christian life um, and usually have like two to four options for each one. And so that was like the math of how many possible combinations could there be. <laughs> um, but the the publicity people decided that was like real confusing for a title. So that's not what it's titled anymore. <laughs> uh, yeah. Two, 200 million ways. There's a religion out there that doesn't uh, appreciate women, but, uh, but also is accepting of the LGBT community. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I'm not, I'm not sure that, that you could actually like that all 200 million possible combinations would have been like, internally coherent i'm i'm sure somebody actually stands stands with that it's possible yeah. it's a big world yeah um 
you say in the book that you believe the Bible is infallible. Could you talk a little bit about the difference between infallible and inerrant and how you landed where you are? Sure. Um, this actually just came up. I don't know if you guys saw there was a whole Twitter debacle about it maybe a week or two ago. Um, on Twitter? They, I can't imagine a debacle on Twitter. On Twitter? <laughs> Who would ever have an argument on that haven of peace? Yes. Um, <laughs> Yeah, no, there was a there was a thing about it, in, and there were a lot of issues going on, but one, like, subset of this discussion that I probably shouldn't have participated in was uh, about a, a seminary account had tweeted about, um, you know, different perspectives on what it means, like, what biblical inspiration means and how we should understand it, and they used infallible and inerrant as synonyms. Hmm. Um, and the thing is, they're not synonyms. And so inerrant, that's, that's the context in which I grew up, the, the churches I attended as a kid all affirmed inerrancy. And inerrancy, yeah, you can hear it in the name, it's the Bible's without, without error. Um, and, and the classic sort of statement of that, um, is, there's this one particular statement called the, the Chicago Statement from, I believe, the 70s. Um, mm-hmm. it, it says basically that it's, it's inerrant in... Uh, in without error or fault in all its teachings, no less than what it states about God's acts and creations, the events of world history, its own literary origins under God, than in its witness to God's saving grace in individual lives. So inerrancy is, you know, just all out. Nothing is wrong. There's no contradictions. There's no errors. Um, and infallibility, and, you know, it, it's so, I understand the confusion because they sound like they should be synonyms, but infallibility is um, affirming that, that scripture is trustworthy and true um, in all that matters for our salvation, for safe, for faith and practice. And so it's still a very high view of scripture, um, a high view of scriptural authority. Um, it's, it's still, you know, placing a lot of weight on, on scripture to determine, you know, what we believe and how we live. Um, but the, for me, the, the shift was, I mean, there there are there are differences in the in the Bible. There are contradictions. Um, one example that I give in the book, which is just a really basic and and like super non threatening one, um, is that in gospel accounts, when Jesus sends out his disciples to to be witnessing in in different cities in the area, um, he gives them instructions on what to take with them. And in one account, it says like you know take your robe and your staff. Um, but like not an extra coat. And then in the other one, it's, it's like, you know, don't pick a staff. And I may, I may be mixing up these details, but um, it's like staff versus no staff. This doesn't make a difference. Like his point about traveling light comes through one way or another, but it's really hard for me to look at that and then try to, and other things like that, and then try to defend inerrancy. Um, but I think the, the bigger reason, even more than those sort of like small, like let's pick out specific um, apparent errors um, the, the bigger reason why I, I move towards infallibility is that I, I think that it um, lets us approach scripture on on the terms that it expects to be approached. Um, so it's, it's not asking the Bible to be something that it's not, like a, a history book or a science book. Uh, it's not a textbook. Um, and so to, to treat it as a textbook and to expect that sort of um, complete lack of, of historical or scientific error um, I think it, it, in a way, is uh, it's not respectful of Scripture as much as it intends to be. Right. So one takes context into account, and the other one doesn't. Yeah, Basically. that's a yeah. that's a quick way of putting it. Yeah. Right. 
Yeah, um, I, I found that interesting that that infallibility was was kind of where you landed on that spectrum because uh, not all of them, but some of the some of the positions that you have have come to um, tend to lean more theologically progressive. Um, My mom certainly thinks so. Yeah, right, right. Same. Yeah. And you can always, you know, that, and that, exactly. That's you can always find people who are, who you look at and go, well, they're a lot further progressive on that that spectrum than I am. Um, or, or vice versa, but um, what what I find interesting though is is that you still have through that you know your hermeneutic there has maintained that that infallibility idea. So I guess when you're approaching the text, do you do you think about it in the same way that you or I guess do you start off thinking about it in the same way that you would think of any other normal like non non holy human text? Um, like do you start out with it as an ancient book and then move towards finding scripture in it or do you do you tend to start at it as scripture and then move forward oh no i I definitely start with it as scripture i mean i i I say that um i understand you know where you would say that that some of my positions are are fairly progressive um i would i would argue that many of them are not as progressive progressive as they seem um which is maybe a, a strange thing to say insofar as progressive is often used in a, a positive sense. But for example, um, a position that, that might fall into that category would be, uh, I am committed to nonviolence. Um, I think that's part of, of what it means to follow Jesus. And and yes, that is typically going to be found in more progressive uh, theological camps these days. Um, but I would argue that, that it's arguably very conservative, right? Because right. In, the, uh-huh. in the very earliest years of the church, that's what you find. And so I am going back to an, an older tradition, um, conserving an older tradition. Uh-huh. So yeah, I, I mean, certainly my my views have um, evolved as an adult from from sort of just the general evangelicalism that I I was brought up in. Um, but I, it's it's probably not as dramatic a, a change as as some might think. I, I mean, I still think that I have a a lot in common with. Uh, churches that I attend in the past and, and not that I would, I mean, I'm, I'm happy in a sense not to be there anymore. There are real differences that are, that are very important to me, but, um, but yeah, I, I approach scripture as scripture and, and the word of God and, um, yeah. <laughs> yeah, no, that's, um, kind of along that line then you you often speak uh and you were mentioning earlier about being being saved you know as, as like this is the hoped for end result um what does what does for you what does that mean or what, what does that look like to to be saved and and how would you see someone who is following certain of these teachings or, or fitting within the realm of orthodoxy what does it look like for them to be saved yeah um so i i i was maybe a little sloppy in my language because of course the new testament talks about salvation in all different tenses right so Uh we'll hear talk of we have been saved we are being saved we will be saved and so i think it's um you know as as much as that's like part of my vocabulary it's a little lazy to just say to be saved um (laughs) but but i would i would define it as you know reconciliation with god um being in in right relationship and and i think the direction of that is very important as well in that idea of, of we are being saved and we will be saved, that we're, we're moving towards greater reconciliation. We're not just stationary. We're not just sort of drifting along like we're actively aiming our lives and ourselves and our being in a certain direction. Um, and that direction is uh, 
unification and closeness and reconciliation with God. Um, so I would I would describe it as that. And uh, yeah, I should I should deal with my my language and be a little oh. bit more precise about that. Oh, you're fine. <laughs> uh, in, so the book is, is super interesting. You dive headfirst into. Uh, some some very heady topics, um, inerrancy, predestination, creation. I'm going to name name a bunch of them because uh, I want people who are interested in these to, to pick up the book. So creation, uh, uh, atonement theory, sin, baptism, miracle, equal rights, homosexuality, uh, wealth, violence, politics, salvation, hell, the end of the world. You go into a lot of it. You lay out uh, various options for each of these topics. Um, and most of them, you you give your own opinion as well. Um, are there are are there any of these doctrinal or theological debates um, that no longer interest you, um, or that you question their um, their importance? Hmm. Um, you know, it's funny. You said in most of them, I give my own opinion, and a lot of people say that. The reality is, I I only do it in about a third. Um, which I don't, I don't know why that, that confusion happens, but it does a lot. Um, so are there ones that no longer interest me? I mean, there are certainly ones that I have, um, you know, that I'm not going to probably read a book about for fun. Um, <laughs> the, I mean, the, the, the question of creation, to be honest, I'm not going to read a book about that just yeah. like yeah. for my own enjoyment. You're it's not cracking open important. some Ken Ham? Yeah, I mean, it's super important, and I, I recognize and, like, appreciate that other people have interest in that and want to think through that and think about the age of the Earth and how does, you know, like, affirming evolution affect your understanding of the fall and all that sort of thing. It's not something I personally want to spend that much time thinking about, though. Like, on that one, I'm sort of satisfied with the basics and with... Um, you know, I, I figure most scientists are probably not in some grand conspiracy lying to us. <laughs> I'm also super good on a theological level with just like the story that Genesis tells of, you know, the creation and fall and our need for, for reconciliation and rescue after that. Um, so that would be one. Um, another one I would point to would maybe be the, um, the Lord's Supper and baptism. Not that they're they're unimportant, but the that de- the debate of you know is it ordinances or, or sacraments? Like, I, yeah, I could I could go either way on that. Like I find compelling arguments on both sides, and if God sort of like you know announced in the sky as He never does, if He just like made an announcement and was like, "This is the answer. It's ordinances," or "Oh, it's sacraments," I'd be like, "Okay, I can see that, God. I'm, that's fine." Uh, so, um. Yeah, those are those are some ones that I'm. I don't. I'm actually. I'm speaking at our church this Sunday about the Lord's Supper, so I shouldn't say that I'm not <laughs> that regularly. But oh man, they're um, listening right now. I apologize yeah. in advance. Are yeah. there? Uh, are on the the flip side? Are there any of those that have grown in importance, or maybe that grew specifically in the research for the book? I don't know about in the research. I would say more uh, in sort of like the previous decade of like my own um, personal exploration of these topics. And those are, are generally the ones where I did share my own opinion. Um, things like the, the view of scripture, things like um, engagement with politics and violence and roles of women. Um, those are things that, that I've spent a lot of time um, thinking about and researching myself and, 
and that continue. Some of them are, you know, a little bit more settled and, and maybe I'm not actively reading about that right now. And some of them I think will, you know, always be ongoing interests. Uh, there, there are a few topics um, as I was reading it, just as a reader, that were, were non-negotiables for me in terms of uh, people or churches that I want to regularly associate with. Mm-hmm. Um, and and I, I don't know um, in terms of the purpose of your book, if it's to, to bring unity or just to explore different possibilities. But, um, you know, specifically for me, um, I don't really want to hang out with people or go to churches that aren't supportive of gender equality or sexuality equality. What, what advice for, for me do you have as, as, as somebody who's kind of sifting through, um, how do, how do I reconcile that with, you know, I don't know, daily day to day life. How do you remain in fellowship? uh, Yeah. um, The, the noise, the sound blanked out while you were listing the topics. Could you just okay. list them again? Uh, well, um, so mainly um, gender equality and uh, mm-hmm. sexuality equality. I, mm-hmm. I don't really want to hang out with people or go to churches that are not supportive of those things. Gotcha. Um, it, it's just not something, it's just a human rights thing for me. Sure. Um, so is there any advice that you yeah. would have for someone it like is- me? It is really tricky, and I think those two are ones that come up a lot because they get so much at issues of identity, um, and it it feels personal in a way that maybe some of the others don't. And, of course, also because these are – those are two of the debates that we're having right now. Um, And so, you know, I I always like to give the example of, like, baptism. You know, 500 years ago, we're burning people at the stake because they did the wrong baptism, and now it's like, oh, you know, baptism, sure, whatever. Um, which is just a very bizarre shift and, and a perspective I, I try to keep in mind. I don't know if it's always helpful, but I think about it a lot. Um, so, yeah, it's tough, and I don't have, like, a super easy answer. I would say, though, that there is a big difference between, like, committing to a congregation and saying, like, I'm in this community and I'm going to be worshiping and, you know, living and, and giving to this community and saying, like, hey, I can work at a soup kitchen with you. Um I mean, we can work at a soup kitchen with people who share, like, far fewer beliefs in common and not have an issue with it. Yeah. Um, and, and a lot of these issues are just not going to come up for this sort of um, practical and service-oriented sort of unity that I'm hoping to encourage. Um, yeah. I don't really have illusions about, uh, you know, denominations merging back together, even though these serious differences remain. But I think that the the sort of like working together on, on practical things, there will be some times, yes, where those issues will become a barrier. But I think for a lot of things, for like meeting real basic needs, it's probably something we can get over um, for that context. And, and you know, maybe uh, maybe have some some influence on each other to, to change or moderate our views. Yeah, I, I, I'm, I'm not sure I'm I'm right there with you on that just just for the mm-hmm. sake of of people's humanity i i mean sure but i mean you know i, yeah, I for I, me it's just I comfortable under- like with the people i, I hang out with that's going to be a, a, a an issue for them every day especially the people right. that are if you know i don't know yeah I, no i mean i get it and i think i think part of um the reason why maybe i'm not in the same place is like when you have you know, close, close family members who, and, and 
family friends and neighbors and yeah. all that sort of people who are on different sides. It's and it's you know it's hard to as much as I may vehemently disagree, it's hard to take a, a hardline stance against the people as opposed to their views. Um, and I would say that that. I mean, for example, one issue, and, and those those topics are, are certainly very important to me as well, but like one issue that stands out to me a lot is the question of, uh, of predestination. Um, I mean, the idea for me that believing that God plans everything that's ever happened in the world, or I, I know the language is he ordains it, but I, I think it means he plans it. That God is responsible for every for all the great evil that's ever existed in the world. Like to me, that's a position of just like moral monstrosity. Like if if I were sincerely convinced that um, the sort of like hyper Calvinist vision of God was the, the right and true vision of God, and and that was how God is, I don't know that I'd want to be a Christian, even if I thought that it was right. Like I think I might just want to be out anyway. Yeah. Um, but Am I gonna like not go, you know, hand out food or, or you know, volunteer in the neighborhood with a Presbyterian? No, that's fine. I have, <laughs> I have friends who are Presbyterians. I mean, I think they're really wrong and it matters a lot and has big consequences, but. Uh, that peacemaking, uh, that movement towards peacemaking is, is I think, vital to, to the continuation of, of whatever, you know, the yeah. church is going to, has looked like and will look like. Yeah, and I don't. I I just want to be clear. Like, I don't want to minimize that it's difficult. It sure. is difficult, yeah. especially when it's those identity issues. Like, it's hard. And I I say that. Like, I mean, I'm a woman. I'm speaking at my church this Sunday. Obviously, I, I affirm women's equality. Um, but yeah, I would I would do stuff with a a church that doesn't. <laughs> Okay. Um, wouldn't go to it certainly. But. <laughs> wouldn't give money. Right. <laughs> yeah. Uh, um, uh, throughout throughout the uh, book, you introduce us to some interesting people throughout Christian history, and have Q and As with with various people across the Christian spectrum. Uh, could you talk about the process, um, that process, and then why it was important for you to lift these voices up? Sure. Um, so the the history thing was um, in every every chapter that addresses a given issue, there's just like a brief profile of someone from church history who's relevant to that topic. Um, and I thought that that was super important to include because especially for Protestants, we're, we're just terrible at history. Like we, have, <laughs> yeah. we know like Jesus and then like sort of maybe the rest of the first century. And then there's like and Phil Martin Luther and then there's like Jonathan Edwards and like fuzzy conception of there were a couple of great awakenings and then there's now. Um, and that's, that's just so unfortunate and, and such a loss, I think, for, um, for our own spiritual lives and for, you know, resources that we have to learn from and, and people that we have to look up to. So I wanted to, to sort of give um, an introduction to, to some of those figures who may be less familiar. Um, and then the especially because the some of these these debates you know i think people think are quite new and we're the first people to be struggling with this issue and that's very often extremely not true um the q and a is the the profiles of contemporary people um it, that sort of was a, a not later edition but certainly at the very first conception of the book i didn't have that idea um but i decided to include it because 
it's hard to to really get an idea of what the sort of lesser known branches of the church are like, especially um, especially something like like the Amish, right? Like you're not going to mm-hmm. probably encounter them in your daily life um, or, or, you know, the people who are, are living like in a, a cloistered life, people who are in a monastic context. Um, and so I, I considered doing like some sort of, you know, where I would write the profile of them in the way that I wrote it for the, the historical figures. Um, but I, I wanted it to be, you know, sort of them speaking for themselves and explaining yeah their own perspective and and that was it was a super interesting like part of the book to to coordinate to to research to find these people some of the the connections of like how i got in touch with people were truly remarkable um and yeah it was it was just like the diversity of answers i loved yeah yeah you had, you had brian zond on there um mm-hmm. love him uh and then i think you also have have uh philip gully on I do, yeah. He's going to be on the podcast next week. Yeah. Oh, that's great. <laughs> uh, um, yeah, he was one of the the very first ones that I got back. I think that's awesome. Yeah, I think it's just I I think that's important because I I think it's easy for Christians of any sort of in any sort of context, whatever their tradition. I think one of the problems is that any Christian feels like they're right, um, <laughs> and you can pretty much look at church well, history. I am right. right. Well, of course. You can pretty much look at church history for the last 2,000 years and find a Christian that completely disagrees with your viewpoint. If you look at and, me 10 years ago. Well, that'd be true. <laughs> you know, 15 but, but years I think, ago. It's a, I disagree with myself. I'm saying I think that's I – think, I think for any anybody looking back on church history, I was astounded even when I – one of the things that actually sort of led to some of my deconstruction was studying uh, Christians that weren't in my tradition and realizing how wide of a stream <laughs> – Christianity yeah. really is and that I grew up with a very narrow evangelical view of God of the church of what it meant to be a Christian you know and when I started seeing things that the church fathers or even uh, I read a book by the you know that was kind of collections of sayings by the desert fathers and mothers like they did I, I didn't agree with much of anything but it really opened my eyes to go at the time to go wow there's there's more than what I've been taught um, yeah and, and I, I- I think that's a really, I think that's just a, such an important thing to see other Christian viewpoints, you know, that you weren't even particularly raised in. It is. And I think it, it sort of re- forces us to like a degree of, of humility or yes. caution. Um, yeah. And, and honestly, like that, like we were just talking a moment ago about, you know, these, these identity issues of, of women, women, roles of women and LGBT stuff. This is part of why even on those, those, really, really difficult issues why I hesitate to say or why I don't want to say, you know, I, I would never um, associate with them because looking back on like, you know, 2000 years of church history, looking at the vast majority of Christians around the world today, like people in, in the, the global south, Latin America, Africa, Asia, they probably disagree with me on this. Um, do I think that I'm right? Yes. <laughs> sure, but that's yeah. a lot of like that's a lot of people who are who are faithfully following Jesus who are saying like, you know, women should not be speaking in church. Yeah. I don't think they're correct, but it's enough of like I think it requires like a certain like it puts a certain check on me to say yeah. like as much as I think them they're wrong, I, I can't write them off. There's yeah, and people so aren't gonna change them. overnight either. That's yeah. the thing too. Is there steeped in in the context of where they've grown and, and who they've associated with themselves. And, and, and it's hard to come to that change. I mean, 
for one, I, I made that change myself, you know, went from, from non-affirming to affirming. And it mm. was, um, it's, you know, it didn't happen overnight. It really didn't. So I, I, I think, I think you're right in the context. It's just for me, it's like, I see how, how wrong I was mm. and, and, and how, um, you know, I see the other side of it and, and it's frustrating for me because I want everyone to be just swear. You've, you've got the, the converts deal. Yes. Yes. <laughs> Um, okay, so there, uh, th- th- uh, where am I? At? Okay, so you added discussion questions, and you also had some some lengthy book lists for for readers yes. to dive deeper into each topic. So, if any of these topics are something you're interested in, you know, get the book, and then also the book list are just yeah, the bibliography is is fantastic, extensive, yeah. Um, so, but you've got you've got. Uh, Recommendations from all over the spectrum, from Luther and Calvin to uh, Rob Bell and T. Wright, Greg Boyd to John Piper and John MacArthur to Charles Darwin. Um, with with the discussion questions and the um, the the book recommendations, what are you hoping that that readers will get out of your book? Yeah, well, so for the the recommendations, my my biggest hope there is that people will read things that are like not written in the last ten years. I mean, I included <laughs> a lot of those things, right? But um, especially like the the really early stuff, um, like the yeah. the Patristics, the Greek fathers, the Latin fathers. Um, I think a lot of people want to read that stuff, but it's like, where do I even begin? You know, yeah. all the books have sort of like weird names or they're all named like the apology. It's like, how many apologies are there? <laughs> um, and so I tried to, you know, point people in real specific directions, like maybe even offering like a chapter recommendation. Um, and I think those older books, a lot of times are, are really way more accessible than people realize. Yeah. Like they tend to be, written for a broader audience than some some more recent like academic theology like they're not using weird made-up words they write in like these short little numbered paragraphs it's great um so that's that was sort of my hope for those that that people would really be able to get into um a broader array of sources than they might find you know just browsing at their local bookstore or whatever the case may be um, and a lot of the, the really old stuff is just free on the internet, which is fantastic. Uh-huh. Um, the translations can be kind of rough for the free ones cause they're like a hundred years old, but <laughs> it's, it's better than nothing. Um, for the discussion questions, what I'm hoping is just that, that people will discuss. I mean, certainly you can read this book by yourself and that's good and fine. Um, but I know like, especially, and, and certainly not only this, but especially sort of like that late high school and college times when you're starting to explore this stuff for yourself. Um, I would have loved to have like a, a class or a, a Bible study that did something like this instead of like, you know, let God write your love story, which is like what all the ladies <laughs> things are. Um, and, uh, and so, yeah, so I wanted to, to write something that you can have maybe a one or two hour discussion or class and nobody has to do any advanced reading because let's be real, nobody's going to do any advanced reading. So you can just come and, and talk about it together in person. Yeah, I could see I could see in a group setting it really being a, a great uh, discussion starter with with people that are really searching, too. I think I think uh, the the way you lay it out, um, you know, it, it's, it's it's great. It's almost like and this 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 is 
going to sound worse than what I mean it. Uh, it's almost <laughs> like it, it's a it's a choose your own adventure for religion uh, in a way. Is <laughs> like you you for people that are that are are you know trying to figure this stuff out. This is a chance for them to really sort through it and be like, okay, wh- what do I really believe about this? And I think even if the discussion questions aren't used in a discussion, but more of a reflection, I think they're, they're just as poor, just as important of a part of the book in terms of how we, we apply it to, to where we're at and, and how, who, what types of people we want to be, if that makes sense. Yeah, I hope so. And to be honest, I personally am really bad about like reading discussion questions in books um especially if they're like all at the end like i just read a book it was a great book but there were a bunch of discussions at the end and i read none of them um so uh (laughs) well you don't even know unless you you skip to the end and you know those people that you skip to the end they're the worst (laughs) that is that is true although for the record you can skip around this book however whatever you like for sure um yeah um yeah no i i i think if you read it and you don't um, do, you know, with or without the questions, but some degree of like reflection and and self-examination of is what I believe on this, you know, really viable? Does it fit with what else I believe? Like, does it make sense with like, am I living according to this? Then to some extent you're, like reading of the book has maybe failed. (laughs) I really appreciate the the way that you have formatted the book. Um, I, I appreciate the fact that, especially for someone maybe who's coming to these, to these concepts, to these, to these large like doctrinal issues um, without, without realizing like we've been talking about, without realizing that there, there are maybe four ways that you could view this particular idea and still be considered very much within the main line orthodoxy of the faith um, that it's presented in a very even handed way. You know, I, I think in a lot of situations, if whoever, whoever is doing the teaching, they um, present their view with a lot of strong evidence, and then they either present the other view as just a foil, or they um, like they kind of just give it a, a shabby, like, oh, here's maybe why you could think about this. It's kind of a crap idea, but, you know, my, yeah. my, what I think it's better. But. And I appreciate <laughs> you didn't do that. Yeah, you, you were very I mean, even-handed. I, I tried, anyway. Like, I certainly can't claim that, you know, it's, it's perfectly neutral. Everyone has their own biases, but... That was that was the goal, at least. Awesome. You you highlight a lot of uh, different Christian traditions in the book. We t- talked about that a little bit, but outside of your current mm-hmm. uh, tradition, is there a tradition that fascinates you the most? Um. So right now I'm Mennonite, uh, and plan to be for the foreseeable future. Um, I maybe Eastern Orthodoxy. There's a lot mm. that I am sympathetic to. Mm-hmm. Like I, I like the, I like liturgy. I wish that, that our church was more liturgical than it is, but I'm not going to leave over that. Um, so I like the liturgy, um, you know, that's sort of superficial, but not really that matters. Um, but also like the, the way that they look at, um, atonement and hell and, um, what it means to be sanctified sort of, they just have a, a different way of approaching a lot of things that I appreciate. Um, I also think that there's uh, there's been an interesting effect in that for a lot of um, the Orthodox Church's history, they were uh, not in power in the way that Western Christianity was uh-huh. for you know hundreds of years in Europe, and I think that produces an interesting thing. Um, the the lack of um, 
affirming women in ministry is a, a big yeah. sticking point, as you can imagine. Um, <laughs> but but yeah, that that's certainly something that I I sort of look at and and have an interest in and enjoy reading about. That's cool. All right, if you could have lunch. With three, I'll give you three, not just one. Mm. Uh, historical figures are authors. <laughs> I think authors. that's almost worse. <laughs> <laughs> historical figures are authors that you've re- referenced in the book. Who would you choose? And it, it, oh, it okay. might even, pay, you know, come into play of, of, you know, the combination of different people you'd have as well. Sure. Hmm. Uh, Jarena Lee, I think, is one that I would put. I don't know if I'm pronouncing her first name right. Jarena, Jarena Lee. Um, she was, I talked about her in the chapter on sanctification and she was, um, born in the late 1700s in New Jersey. Um, and she, she became a a, a traveling preacher. She was self-educated. She became a traveling preacher, um, was ordained one of the, the, the first woman, I think it was to be ordained in the African Methodist Episcopal denomination. Um, and so, yeah, she was just like doing crazy things at a time when it was very unusual for, you know, a, a, a black woman to be doing this, a woman at all um, to be doing this. And she was also the first black woman to publish an autobiography in America, which is oh, wow. um, it's not it's not very long. Like it's it's a, a like more of a pamphlety sort of thing than like a full book, mm. but like crazy stuff for when she was alive. Um, so I think I think talking to her would be super fascinating. Um, maybe one of like the, the real, real old old school people, maybe like, or, um, now I can't remember, or John Chrysostom would be super fascinating. John Chrysostom. Yes. He is, uh, he was in like the mid 300s in modern like Turkey, Syria area. Um, and he was known for being like a super good preacher. Um, at one point he got like almost like sort of kidnapped and then brought to, uh, at that point it was Constantinople to, to be like a, I think it was a bishop there, which he did not want to do. He wanted to like stay in his more like small town situation. And so when he got there, cause his whole thing was like preaching against excesses of wealth and greed, he just like kept going with that. And then everyone was all the like the empress and other rich people were really were really angry because they had just heard oh he's a great preacher and then he was like slamming their whole lifestyle and and um you know their wealth in the face of extreme poverty so we'll call call that two and then oh man um i'm gonna resist saying c.s lewis because that's lazy (laughs) and go with uh Dorothy Sayers, um, mm. who she was buddies with him, so it's like close, but not you know not quite <laughs> as easy. Um, she was uh, in the the twentieth century um, a, a writer. Uh, she did theology, and then she's also known for her her mystery novels, which I confess I have read more of than her theology. But <laughs> the theology <laughs> is good too, and I think she'd be super, super interesting to, to talk to. All right. Uh, C.S. Lewis question. Here it comes. Um, <laughs> Pretty so, lazy, Michael. Yes, I know. Well, well. <laughs> okay. So you reference C.S. Lewis quite a bit. Um, yes. 
I, I mean, he's the permanent Protestant pope, so how can I not? Yes, obviously. <laughs> so both of my children, I've, I've got two of them so far, uh, yeah. are, are named after characters in Chronicles of Narnia. Um, Puddle Glum and the White Witch. Yes, yes. Puddle Glum and the White Witch are their names. Uh, <laughs> no, that is not their name. Um, but I need to know, uh, what is your favorite book in the series? Mm. Maybe The Last Battle? Yeah, I think that's the right answer. <laughs> I think that's the right answer. <laughs> I, I'm pretty sure. It's not a right answer, but that's definitely the right answer. Yeah. But I also, I also, well... Yeah, that's hard to say. I'll go with the last battle, but I also want to put in like a plug for the space trilogy. Yeah, oh, yeah, that's good yeah. stuff. Um, which is real weird, and I think I, I haven't. I've only read the middle one like once, so I don't remember that one very well. Um, but that's that's good too. And I also need to reread uh, "Till We Have Faces" because oh, I think I, God, it's I read so good. that like in high, maybe like maybe early high school. I don't know. I was young enough that I think it mostly went over my head because yep. I remember finishing and being like, huh, I don't it's know so about good. that. That may be his best book. Yeah. yeah. Now I, I, I don't know if I have a copy. I, I need to get a copy. It's, it's definitely for me. It's, I, and I love Lewis. I've been reading him since I was a kid and read, I mean, at least one of his books almost every year. And I still have to say till we have faces is, is for my money the best and I'll read it over and over yeah. again. Huh. So I'm currently reading, um, I believe it's called The Allegory of Love, uh-huh. which oh, yeah. is, yeah, a textbook that he wrote about medieval poetry or something. <laughs> I put it down about a month ago and I need to get back into it. The subject matter does not interest me at all, but the writing is real good and like classic C.S. Lewis and like, you know, you can recognize that voice. So uh-huh. I'm like, into it, but also not into it. It's a, it's a complicated <laughs> situation. Yeah, Josh and I are nerdy enough to have volumes of his letters he s- sent to yes. different people. Oh, um, nice. We found that out recently <laughs> that we, we both have two giant volumes of, of letters he sent. But have you read any of his poetry? He's got a book on poems, or at least one, maybe two books on poems. I've read like maybe one or two poems here or there, but not not like a whole book ever. They're pretty great. Pretty great. I'll have to check that out too. All right. Do you have time for a lightning round? Sure. All right. What is your beverage of choice? Uh, I'm trying not to say LaCroix. <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> what LaCroix flavor? Because somebody cares and it's not me. <laughs> for, for our listeners. Oh, is this, it's Pomplamoose. Is this even a debate? It's a grapefruit. Pomplamoose? Ever. Huh. Huh. There's yeah, a band called the Pomplamoose. I said they that, it in French. I mean, I, I was riding in a car with with Josh yesterday, and he was <laughs> drinking a seltzer water. What was it? <laughs> lemon Tasty, lime or lemon something. Lime, man. And I said, my wife drinks these things too. And I said, it literally, like if you're drinking lemon lime, it's like somebody took a drink of Sprite and then just blew their breath into your mouth. Like that's <laughs> kind of what it tastes like. <laughs> I can't get on board with the seltzer water thing. <laughs> My uh, house church, which is like our equivalent of small groups, has 12. Oh, you cut out. Are you oh, there? No. The first time oh. the group was what one. The second time, I can't actually remember what one. My, my father had participated, and apparently. He came back after and, and told a friend of mine, like, it was so confusing. They were, we were drinking all these waters. It just, 
it just tastes pretty much the same and we were voting and I, I don't really understand what was going on. So <laughs> good company there yeah they're they're not the best in my opinion but you, you do you that's fine <laughs> what what is the last album you listened to start to finish you know i i shouldn't admit this on the internet because it makes me sound like very not cool but i don't really listen to music um so the last album that i listened to is some friends of mine are in a band um, and this is on theme for our C.S. Lewis talks called Eustace the Dragon. And <laughs> nice. they released their first um, full studio album. I can't remember if it was this year or last year, but it's called Glad Friends. And you can find them on Bandcamp. Huh. And it's like um, the tags say chamber folk, I think. Ah, it's like okay. acoustic and they write it all themselves and it's good. Um, so I have that just playing on repeat in the car and have for like, two or three months now. Nice. Um, favorite movie you've seen in the last year? Um, I watched, I watched Fiddler on the Roof on Thanksgiving and that was great. So I'm going to go with that. Nice. I, uh, I'm always up for a, a Fiddler rewatch. <laughs> do, you, do you watch it every Thanksgiving or just um, happen to be Thanksgiving? When I'm considering making that like a, a new Tradition. Thing. Yeah. <laughs> it, it, it's only, it's only right. Yes. Uh, um, what is your, your favorite TV show? Uh, of all time. I, I, of all time. I, of all time. Probably I'd say 30 Rock. Nice. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. I made a list. There was a thing going around Twitter, which again, don't know why I was on there, but I was. Um, of like, like, it was like last year, like top top five TV shows, and I think I did Thirty Rock, The Office, um, The Good Wife, The Good Place, and there was something else. Clearly, it didn't mean that much to me. <laughs> uh, it was Friday Night Lights. It was not. It I've was never breaking seen that. No. <laughs> I've never seen that either. Yeah. I don't. I don't watch super serious TV because I feel like How the I met world your is serious and sad already. I don't want to watch stupid TV. I kind of agree with you actually on that part. Like I don't watch a lot of dramas either. Like life is drama more enough drama on its own. Yeah, <laughs> Give me something I, mean, I can laugh at or whatever. I don't want to be watching a bunch yes. of people like dying and ruining their lives. Yes. Like that's happening a lot already yes, so, so you agreed. didn't watch Mad Men all the way through like I just finished I watched like one episode <laughs> of Mad Men and it was like oh my god can these people just fix their lives it's uh, not that hard to not be terrible no the, the answer is no <laughs> they can't after seven seasons the answer was oh, no. no no I read the fan theory that he was going to be D.B. Cooper, you know, the... Oh, my the gosh, that's gosh. amazing. And so when I read that, it was like, I think it was when there was like maybe half a season to go, and I said to myself, all right, if it is that he is D.B. Cooper, I will watch this whole show from start <laughs> to finish. It wasn't, so I'm not going to watch it now. <laughs> um, invisibility or super strength? Super strength and visibility seems kind of creepy. It is a little creepy. <laughs> um, do you, how, how do you like your coffee? Um, a decent amount of cream, no sugar. Nice. That's the same way I drink it. Yep. 
Um, what's your? This is a. I hate to ask authors this. What's your favorite book? Oh, <laughs> Say favorite book. It can't be the Bible. Can I be my own book? Yeah, it can be your own book. <laughs> All right, it's my own book. All right, <laughs> nice. Um, and uh, I guess the 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 last one will be: uh, Do you believe in the multiverse? No. Okay. <laughs> Nobody has time for that. <laughs> this seems exhausting. All yeah, right. Yeah. Where can people find you online? Um, my website is uh, bonniechristian.com, and I am also at bonniechristian on Twitter and at bonnie.christian on Instagram. Ooh, so fancy. Um, all pretty straightforward, and you can find multiple ways to contact me on my website and. I reply to tweets that aren't vicious and hateful. <laughs> awesome. Thank you so much for coming on the show. We really, really thank appreciate you. it. Yeah, thank you guys so much. This is great. Yeah, thank Thanks. you. Now that we puked in your seat, you can tell us what you think. The five stars get red. Feedback, bitches. All right. All right. Uh, Five star reviews. I'll read it. We have one. All right. What are you doing with your phone? I'm scrolling to look at it. Why? Because I just want it. I'm going to read it, Michael. Go for it. Go for it. Read it. Read it. This is titled Wanna Be Inside Their Heaven. By Son of Todd. Wait. <laughs> Been a while since I pulled that one out. Uh, <laughs> Alright. Um Michael, Matt, and Brad. Matt, who's Matt? Matt? Who? Never huh? heard of her. What? <laughs> Wonder what he's doing tonight. Jerking off. Probably. <laughs> Michael, Matt, and Brad blend irreverent humor with a lot of heart. And they ask the questions that you've been wondering but afraid to bring up in church. Uh, they genuinely care about their listeners and seem to, some of them, uh, and seem to be making a difference in a lot of lives that a yeah, traditional... Yeah, who cares about Billy Patterson? That a, exactly. that Travis no Pinkston kidding. can just... Uh, traditional community <laughs> of faith could, could never reach. Uh, this podcast and guys like Pete Inns, Rob Bell, and Richard Rohr, who have kept me from throwing in the towel. I'm very excited right now. <laughs> They have a recurring cast of lovable characters, in parentheses, Bojangles, Lucas Allen, etc. Oh, hi fuck you. <laughs> fuck, fuck you. Hi, etc. I feel like... Well, can we go back and redo the I, beginning and just say, so we have, I am, we have so great. Brad Polly, Michael Basinger, and etc. I am pretty sure I've been almost as many, if not more than in the... And oh, it's great. God damn. I was going to call you Lucas Light, but from now on, you're just etc. God damn. <laughs> That's great. Uh, and have introduced me to some amazing guests like Nish Weiseth, oh, Kathleen hey. Falsani, and Pickens. All of <laughs> <laughs> you were on that episode, too. So great. Pickens. All of, all of whom damn. I was floored by and would love to hear more from. All this uh. being said, I do feel they missed an opportunity last week. Hashtag Banana Sabbath, which is pretty much the reason I finally wrote a review. Sorry it took so long. Also, I can't believe with Michael's encyclopedic knowledge of CCM and praise and worship songs, especially those with euphemistic undertones, that I've never heard him mention 10 shekel shirts, 
Meet With Me, which has yes. the inspiring chorus, you come, you come, and you fill this place. <laughs> oh, shit. I, I still that. love that song, but feel a little dirty about it. <laughs> no, stop. It's not funny. Nothing that they write is funny anymore. <laughs> Ten shekel shirt. Boy, that's a throwback. Boy. All right. There you go. Yeah. Thanks. Thanks, friend. Thank you, person. No. Thank you, son of Todd. Thanks, Todd. I'm not thankful. Uh, you son of a Todd. Son, right. You son of a Todd. <laughs> <laughs> oh, etc. <cetera. laughs> uh, all right. Let's do the tweets. <laughs> what do we got right. for the tweets? Uh, we got a top six. All right. Only six. Only six. We are recording a day early. Yeah. So People, come on. Get in your get your tweets in. Number six. El Mago is Spanish for the MVP at Bear Name Baloo. I have no idea what that means. El Mago is Spanish for the MVP. I have no idea. Uh, I've been, this, is, this is a man that is studying to be a veterinarian for all you listeners. Uh, I've been in, the, in a cage with squirrel monkeys. His problem was he probably forgot to bring them the suitable edible offering. His penalty was death. That was uh, the newsfeed story about the guy that got the shit beat out of yeah. my squirrel monkeys because he tried to steal one for his girlfriend. Oh, man. Mm. Well. Number five, Jason Williams at JDub47421. JDub. At Passes Podcast, I remember loving two sets of Joneses in high school. I just re listened <laughs> to it. What a hashtag shit show. It is a complete shit show. <laughs> it is terrible. Mouthfeel of baloney. Yeah. Is it? I haven't listened to that song in uh, decades. Literally decades. This here is a song about two cents I ago. loved that song, though. My child, Evelyn, Ruben, and, and Sue. Yeah, man, I, I it's terrible. loved that. It is terrible. Cue it up. I'm, I'm curious. Right, I'll, I'll, I'll keep up. reading. All right. Uh, number four, Jason, at Faster Than Gravy. At Pastors Podcast, I was really hoping to be the first to score a threesome with at Polly named Shore at the <laughs> hashtag Holiday Inn. Yes, that's off my hashtag bucket list. Yeah, hashtag Mouthfeel of Baloney. That was easy. <laughs> what? I don't know. You, you have never once successfully. I haven't landed that. Use that. that I, I did where finally, it should be used. I did finally learn how to use this one though this week. <laughs> yeah, you did. I've had that one for a while. Finally, learned oh, I should how to have use done that. this when we were talking Even about if the it fat means butt. Me taking a chubby. I will suck it up. <laughs> <laughs> I missed the boat on that. Number three, Randy Boxwine <laughs> at Brandon Evans 619. At Pastors Podcast, alternate hashtag hashpags for Epitode 135. Hashtag Sweet Ray's Babies. Hashtag Somebody's Gonna Climax. <laughs> it's already happened. Yeah. We 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 came on to the show. <laughs> looks, like, looks like Spider-Man lived in this room. Hashtag note. <laughs> Hashtag no shapely form. We don't need a black light here. Uh, hashtag Michael is Judas. Hashtag Brad triggers the world. I kind of like yeah, that. You do trigger the world. <laughs> Especially when it comes to talking about fictional characters being whores. I don't have a lot of time to tell you. If you switch to Liberty Mutual, you what is <laughs> This episode brought to you by LibertyMutual.com. I wish. Switch now and you can save $784. There you go. Uh, number two, Don at Don Del Morale. Hey, Don. At Pastors Podcast, I think Florida Man has moved to Washington. Oh, no. <laughs> Hashtag leave dying beavers alone. Hashtag hope he had an hope he had a nanopene. Hashtag, <laughs> hashtag mouthfeel of baloney. Uh, it wasn't. He didn't have a nanopene because Matt. Well, it wasn't Matt. Matt yeah. wasn't out there. Yeah. 
Uh, then number one. <laughs> the worst drum roll ever. God. It just ends. Space Force, fuck <laughs> yeah. Saving the world. Laurel. Wait. Way to switch it up this I week. You to. caught me off guard. Yeah, you're welcome. I like that. Uh, number one, Fitzy at jfitz432, Fitzgerald in the tantrums. Uh, at Pastors Podcast, I thought getting listed as a hashtag would be a life-changing experience. Then I woke up on Thursday morning. Fuck. Still me. <laughs> hashtag Fitzgerald in the tantrums. Nice. Hashtag you, you can't handle the truth. Hashtag damn it. Still me. Hashtag a mouth, mouthfeel of baloney. <laughs> All right. That's it. Now introducing our new segment. Uh, <laughs> Terrible. Music CCU. video commentary. Do, 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 do. <laughs> well, this here is a song about two sets of Joneses. Yeah, it's bad. Rothschild, Evelyn, No, wait for the, the content. Oh, so bad. bad. Just for discussion through random selection, we've chosen two couples who haven't a clue. They don't have a clue. <laughs> no clues. <laughs> so they're are suing Big Tit Revival for copyright. To marry so wealthy, Evelyn bought him a house on the beach. That's success. Yeah. Reuben and Sue, they had nothing Jesus. Nothing but Jesus. They would pray that he cared for the meat. Thank you, Jesus. <laughs> nice Glockenspiel edition there. And the rain. So, this is the metaphor for time. <laughs> rain is the metaphor for time. They had a woman, a woman back, background vocalist for uh, Pathos. Yeah, they went through a lot of shit. <laughs> Only one set of Joneses was standing today. Background after all the shit they went through, after all the shit they went through, only one was standing that day. The rich ones, because they can buy health care. That's why. That's why they survived. This is America. <laughs> all right, enough of this. Jesus wait, Christ. We could listen to, wait, wait. to two princes though. Uh, some spin doctors. He's flying to it's Dallas. so bad. She's having a son. He's flying to Dallas. She's having a son. Reuben was holding a Gideon's Bible. <laughs> and he screamed, <laughs> it's a boy. So everyone <laughs> this is pretty terrible. <laughs> All right. All right I got to get to the end. Let me. No, you order. don't. You need to know you the, the more. You need to know the no, moral. The, the, the moral of the story is you need Jesus. <laughs> There's two sets of Joneses. Who cares if you can't afford toilet paper and you're wiping ass with your hand as long as which you've got one? Jesus? There's two sets of Joneses. Which one will you be? Man. It's my favorite part. No, this is the best part. All right. So edgy. God. No, I don't think it was edgy at all. I think it was insanely <laughs> mainstream. Oh, Boy. All right. Geez, where are we at? the wet sprocket. God. Let's go down. You know what Matt and I listened to recently? We were in the car together. Wait, Matt. Guy that used to be on the podcast. Who? The guy Who? that's in Her? a coma. Huh? The, the girl in a coma that usually is... Uh, 
on the podcast. Matthew, it's him. Et cetera. Et cetera. Yeah. I know. I know. <laughs> no, you're et cetera. God you're not getting away with it that easily. Nope. You are definitely et cetera. <laughs> All right. Um, uh, uh, the Goldie's Last Day by Pray for Rain. Oh, <laughs> Dude, it is just really, really bad. Really bad. I was never into oh, Pray for Rain, but God. I was into their spinoff band, Eager. Oh, they had a spinoff band? Yeah. Really? Oh, well. It was not you, great. You learn something new every yeah. day. There you have it. There's your CCM music break for yep. the week. There we, we go. We should do that. We should have a CCM music break. The CC- just revisit a bunch of old ass. The CCMC. Yes, the corner. We might, we CCM might have just, corner. we might have just created a new, a new segment. <laughs> the CCM corner. Yeah. I, I mean, I could definitely fill. Yeah, I, I probably could too. Yeah, you could probably fill even more of it. Jeff Moore in the distance. Yeah, I could fill that like all those people with him sex dolls <laughs> in Milan. <laughs> Michael you fills fill it that all. corner <laughs> right up. Oh, Michael fills all. Oh, I'm very excited right now. <laughs> oh, shit. <laughs> All right. All right. Let's go to hashtags. <sighs> well, we paid close attention and we wrote them all down. Now it's time to decide our hashtag. Et cetera. What do you have? Fuck. <laughs> Damn. Et cetera. <laughs> you know what the the uh, theme song to et cetera is? <laughs> Because <laughs> I mean, I don't get to do my hashtags. You're, you're, the, you're the guy who, at the at the, all the award shows, they start to play them off at the end. <laughs> you're the guy that won for like best, best sound editing. Yeah, sound editing. Yeah, that's right. You're that's like, you. Everybody's like, like we mom? just want to go to the after party and get fucked up. That's yeah. all we want to do. <laughs> all right. So, uh, one from the uh, from the interview. Um, hashtag Twitter Haven of Peace. <laughs> I've got that one. And yeah. then, then the rest here. Uh, hashtag Matt is in a coma. <laughs> Vanity and poverty. Nice. Taco Bell inflation. <laughs> it's real, man. I don't God, get now it. Now I want a Mexi melt, though. <laughs> Hot dogs and hysterectomies. Uh, <laughs> I've got that one, too. BPA free sex doll. Oh. <laughs> Roundy the Buffalo Wrangler. <laughs> Collateral produce. Uh, looks Collateral like produce. <laughs> looks like Spider-Man lives here, and uh, Michael fills everything. <laughs> I will fill it up. Oh man! All right, I've got uh, hashtag Lucas Light. <laughs> <laughs> hashtag hot dogs and hysterectomies. Oh, that is that's pretty good. It's pretty good. Hashtag Brad's bag Sherpa. <laughs> hashtag unruly and nippy. <laughs> was the squirrels yeah. <laughs> a little nippy <laughs> hashtag some degree of tissue damage <laughs> i really like that oh uh, hashtag some febreze and a yankee candle <laughs> hashtag pro- properly disinfected <laughs> Not mine. I have no idea what that's in <laughs> reference to. Really oh, oh, oh it's mine. about the penis. That that is the largest muscle. Oh, that's right. <laughs> Not mine. Exactly right. Oh, I've got the hiccups now. <laughs> Hashtag butt dates with Brad Polly. <laughs> Hashtag bovine fugitive. 
Hashtag C for circumcision. <laughs> Hashtag Googling furiously. <laughs> and hashtag several pallets of produce. Several pallets. And then hashtag etc. <laughs> All right. Joshua etc. Casey. We've changed his name. Not, not Malkovich anymore. Can we put that on the on the in the title? Please do. This week with Brad with Michael, Brad, and Joshua etc. Casey. Oh, All right. Spell it out. E.T. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> I've got uh, hashtag Brad's bag bitch. <laughs> uh, hashtag Febreze in a Yankee candle. Um, hashtag giant elongated rat. <laughs> and I'm really thinking that this, is, this next one is a great business idea okay. for a business we need yes. to start. Hashtag sex doll irrigation systems. <laughs> Incorporated. Um, yes. LLC. <laughs> uh, hashtag BPA free sex doll. Um, hashtag shine it around the mouth. <laughs> I was like, I don't know what this means, but then I figured it out. I was like, I said it. <laughs> don't, don't spit take. My new. Oh my God, that's the winner. My new favorite sex position, the Anne Frankum. I feel so awful for even saying it earlier. Slightly related. Uh, hashtag team AIDS. <laughs> also related. Uh. Also related. Josh's etc. Oh my god. Oh. That's my, that's my new DJ name. I like Ann Franken, but we can't fucking do that. There's no way. The Ann Franken. Oh my god. <laughs> What was the one before that? Uh, sex doll irrigation system. <laughs> no, what was... Uh, shine it, was, it around the mouth. Yeah, shine it around, <laughs> shine it around the mouth. <laughs> yeah, it's that. It's going to be that or hot dogs and hysterectomies. I really like Febreze and the Yankee Candle. Yeah, Febreze, Febreze and, the Yankee and the Yankee Candle. candle. It's uh, pretty great. <laughs> God, good man, there, there are some really good ones in there. <laughs> um, <sighs> Boy, I don't know. I whatever pick one. I I I'm cool with any of them. <laughs> Matt's in a coma. You really want to do the Anne Frank? I kind of do. All right, do it. I Just do, do it. God, we've done so many terrible how you, how things. How are you spelling that? What's What's one more terrible thing? The A N N E F R A N K E M. No, but it was actually no. But see, that's you should spell it differently. How should I say it? So it, in the article, it was spelled. I think it was spelled. F R A N C U M. Frankum. So it needs to be the Anne Frankum, but with. <laughs> no! It's the way it, it was in the article. So spell that again T H E A N N E F R A N C U M. Is that what we're doing? 
However you feel comfortable. Yeah, well, or, or uncomfortable. <laughs> However you feel uncomfortable, because I feel really, really uncomfortable right now. I, I prefer the, the candy. I'm very one. uncomfortable right now. <laughs> I'm very <laughs> uncomfortable right now. Um, so, oh, yeah. Oh, man. I, yeah. But, if you've no, listened, God, please, no, no, no. Oh, man. No! <laughs> what have we become? Oh, God. If you listen to this episode on mm. in its entirety, hit us up on uh, social media with the hashtag <laughs> the Anne Frank. Damn, <laughs> 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 killed him. Actually killed him. <laughs> Fuck. Oh God! Oh, no! 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 no. That. God, Michael! Oh my Fuck God! Me. You are oh. terrible! Oh jeez! It is up on social media. We're oh. at Pastors Podcast at the J and Casey. I'm not even on it. It's at at the J etc. Casey. Uh, at the J.E. Casey. At MJ Basinger. We're also Facebook.com slash Pastors Podcast. Instagram. Subscribe, rate, review us on Apple Podcasts. Um, so we'll read it on, on here. Check out our website, ingloriouspastards.com. Support from this for this podcast comes from listeners like you. Stephanie Rice helped us uh, f- shape this content along yeah. with um, Mr. Uh, um, I want to say Forrester, but that's not his goddamn name. Fitzgerald. Yeah. Jason. Yep. Um, and, and the Foresters too They help out Yeah um, So uh, Yeah Join the Pastors Pub On Patreon.com Slash Pastors Podcast You get uh, Access to our Spinoff podcast uh, Pastors Community Church Hymns of Reconstruction Turd Talk Pub Crawl Special Music Bias Around It even helps Shape the content On this show Patreon.com Slash Pastors Podcast We had a um, uh, Turd Talk <clears throat> This weekend With uh, Aaron Reagan so it was yeah, it was good. Time. It was a good one. I listened so, to it earlier to, earlier this week. Yep, yep, yep. All right. Well, Josh, thanks for hanging out with us. Thank you, etc. Thank you. Thank you. DJ, DJ, etc. DJ, etc. You're really a great etc. <laughs> etc. Et I can't really think of anything but etc. <laughs> Fill in whatever whatever you like. We, and you know what? We didn't even talk about Mario Kart. No, I don't know okay. anything that's about okay. it other than I think it has something to do with Trump's dong. Yeah. I am not interested in reading anything about that. That's at all. pretty much it. Yeah, well, neat. <sighs> yeah. Yeah. Get into it. Till till next time in the hotel motel holiday inn. Hotel. California. <laughs> no, it's not. Hotel Martin's <laughs> bitches. <laughs>